Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. I am Al, and today going to be continuing my look at Black Mirror. I was thinking for a second there, I'm like, technically it's not my look because you're suffering through this alongside me. Suffering. Okay, I know. Most of the episodes you probably would have considered yourself suffering, right? Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. And you of course all recognize that voice as belonging to my brother from another mother, Chad. Hey, that's me. Yes it is. What's up, Al? Not too much. So the uh, again, just a quick announcement for those who've been following the uh, my Kickstarter thing on Facebook. If you haven't had a chance to look at the Facebook posts, uh, did get funded. So the I did send out the PDFs, hoping to start send out sending out the uh, the physical copies for people who contributed that much, which includes the wonderful, awesome bastard that I'm talking to right now. And hey, you know, I wanted to be the first person to back it. But I wasn't. I was the second. Somebody beat me to it. Yeah, I think there's probably some... It's like the first backer was like backer kit by by Kickstarter or something. So I think it's just something like a sympathy thing where they just contribute a dollar just to say... Just so you know at least one person's going to contribute to it. <laughs> but... So yes, if you... Uh, so yeah, if you're one of those people listening, if you are one of those people who did contribute enough to get a physical copy of the book... Uh, you, sh I should be having those in the mail, hopefully in the next, uh, couple weeks. And then if I did send the PDF copies out already, so I've had a few backers communicate with me that apparently stuff was going into junk mail or, uh, Mine went to junk mail. So is that what yours, your email thinks about me that I'm junk? I, I well, not you, but obviously the stuff you write. Oh, ouch, ouch. Well, I am in rare form tonight. I'm liking this. <laughs> okay, let's just get on to the topic of the Today Show. How does that sound? Okay. Okay. So, the next episode of Black Mirror we're going to be talking about is Men Against Fire. And one of the things that both Chad and I agreed on, both of us thought this was a scary episode. And yeah, it had zombies, dude. Not really zombies, but well, at the end, like zombies. But were they zombies? They no, were roaches. They were roaches. But we'll talk about. They weren't really zombies. And I'm not following your damn script tonight. I'm having fun. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Don't you always have fun when you're podcasting with me? Yes, sir. <laughs> so we're going to discuss the show a bit. We'll talk about some of the technology. And, and at the end, we'll each discuss why we thought this episode was scary. And we'll see if it's for the same reason. Because uh, we didn't discuss whether, you know, what we thought was scary about this episode. You know, you may have to bleep me here. But as soon as I finished watching this two, three nights ago. You thought, F you, Al? No, no. <laughs> What did I what did I send to you on IM? Do you remember? Uh not off hand. Fire is fucked up. Okay. Yeah. Now you remember. Yes. So the episode begins 
with a man having a dream. He sees a beautiful woman standing in front of a house and she starts heading to the house and that's when the man who's goes by the name Stripe uh, wakes up and we see that he's in a military barracks as him and his squad mates are being uh, awoken by their commander Medina and they inform them that there is a some activity nearby that they got to go investigate and that's where we learn about creatures called roaches now at this point in the episode when you heard about how they had to hunt these roaches that were stealing food and stuff were you thinking insect roaches that we're probably going to be seeing insectoids yeah i was thinking like either like insectoids that have a humanoid shape to them like you know they walk around big big insects or like big like dog-sized roaches or something is what i was thinking but i did watch this with my daughter so she said i think they're zombies so i kind of got a heads up as to what was going on yeah and i was originally thinking when i first saw this episode i was actually thinking that we were going to be looking at probably insect-like humanoids yeah that's what i was thinking too until i heard from the peanut gallery (laughs) so the soldiers while they're on their way to investigate they're given some intel that is downloaded to a special implant they have called a mass and this is the technology that they feature in the episode Uh, basically it allows them to see data so like for example they were uh, early on they were giving them some information and uh stripe was it's i wonder if this was supposed to be like the first time he used it because he's like it was the first time he was going on a roach hunt so you can uh, you can probably gather from that that if he's seen this technology before it hasn't been much yeah because he's only been he's only been in the military for like four months i think at this time or something like that yeah he was a newbie and but he sees like this kind of like a virtual reality type image almost like a hologram in front of him and he's like reaching through it you know and of course you see his hand kind of distorts it a little bit so that's when you find out that what this mask does it again it projects information to them that they can see and later on in the episode when they're Uh, commander is using the mask you see her eyes kind of glaze over so that reminded me of the technology from uh that was it the complete history of you remember that episode right and you know she they they all glazed over when they were in charge of the drones so they they were using drones for reconnaissance and when she was using the drone her eyes kind of glazed over like that and she could see from the camera on the drone Yeah, which, again, leads you to believe, as you've been watching the series, that the episodes are meant to be interconnected because, again, we saw that technology, or at least we saw a similar effect back in A Complete History of You, where, again, you saw the the eyes glaze over. And then also that song that that they played in 15 Million Merits, uh, one of the characters sings that in this song as well. Oh, I did not catch that, but... Ah, yeah, it's one of those things, like I said, this is one of those series where sometimes there's stuff that you don't catch the first time you watch it. Like when we did San Junipero, I mentioned that at first I didn't catch that song, Girlfriend in a Coma, and I didn't catch when uh, Yorkie was watching the video game and the car 
crashed, how she had that reaction. Uh, and then also uh, the thing about the Sea of Tranquility from the first episode. Again, I didn't catch that until, uh, and its connection to Nosedive until later on. Uh-huh. But the squad goes to a village where the people there, they're not speaking the same language because they have this little translator device. The universal translator. I love that thing. Yep. <laughs> but the thing is, honestly, and we'll discuss this a little bit later, but I'm not sure if it was necessarily giving them accurate translations. But essentially what happens is they're told that the roaches broke into the storehouse and, of course, the people were they didn't want to eat the stuff that the roaches left behind. So they're informed that the uh, roaches probably headed to the uh, farmhouse and I forgot the guy's name. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, anyway, it was an odd name. Yeah. It wasn't a it wasn't a standard English name. Um, and he was kind of a hermit or a recluse. Uh, yes, but he had been, but he had been known for uh, aiding and abetting roaches in the past. Yep, because they talked about how he would leave food out for the roaches. Right. So when they finally get to the house and they force again, this is where we see the more of the mass in action. I was about to say this is where we see more of the mass effect, but no, then no, we're not talking about the video game. But again, we talked about before how um, the they were forming their battle plan and. It projected, they could see like this little virtual reality image of the house in front of them. So that would aid them as they were trying to plan their attack. And again, we saw before how Medina, when she was in control of the drone, how her eyes started to glaze over as she was basically seeing what the drone was seeing. So when they go into the farmhouse, eventually they do find roaches. And this is where we find out that they're not insects like... Both of us thought they would probably be, but they actually looked like, well, your daughter thought they looked like zombies. They looked kind of like Halloween monsters, like the the rubber monster masks. It's pretty much what they looked like. Yeah. So they start fighting the, these roaches, which look like these mutated humanoids. And again, yeah, their faces look kind of like something you would see in a Halloween store. And this is where Stripe, he gets into close quarter combat with one. And he shoots one roach, and then he stabs another one to death. Mm-hmm. However, during the fight, one of the the roaches points this strange device at him, which flashes him in the face. Well, no. It, he flashes himself in the face eventually. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The, yeah. He tries to get that thing in front of him to flash him in the face, but um, Stripe manages to knock him to the floor and stab the hell out of him. Yeah. So... <laughs> As they're they're leaving, of course, his uh, squad mates are congratulating him because he got two kills on his first uh, two kills on his first outing. Right, right, yep. So that little, that little farm girl was something else, wasn't she? Yeah, she's like she's just like she's all excited. She's like, I haven't killed one in a while, and she's just all into this killing the roaches thing. And and I'm sorry, you can cut this if you want to, but she made the statement: if I killed two roaches, I'd want to for 17 hours (laughs) yes because it's like she got off on killing these things right right yeah so well anyways as the you know they get back to base and uh they've taken they've arrested the guy that was uh you know keeping the giving these roaches safe haven 
and you know we get a little bit of training where again we watch uh, uh we watch stripe and hunter that was the nickname for the uh the other for the woman that was the farm girl yeah yeah who was talking about how uh basically comparing uh killing these guys to you know sexual gratification and that's when his mask starts acting up again and also during around this time he also had another one of those dreams with the same woman but he noticed his his dream started to glitch out a little bit so it was a good dream though yes it was and it gets better <laughs> it does so they send stripe off to go talk to the doctor and they test out his mass implant and they find out well there's nothing wrong with his mass and they find out that uh you know physically he's just fine so they have him talk to the psychologist arquette and you know again he's like yeah it's not unusual to you know feel these things and he's like but we'll make sure you have a very nice sleep tonight yeah you know and uh <laughs> i had a laugh because when they said the, that the uh, shrink's name was arquette I'm like, come on, let it be played by David Arquette. Let it be played by David Arquette. <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah, the guy who played it was named Michael Kelly, so but if you I'll believe you. Okay. So the that night he has another dream of the woman and she is naked, so uh this is one of those it's it's just topless nudity, so right. just throw that in there. So if you just for so listeners, you know, if you decide that you're gonna go watch this episode uh, maybe if you've never seen it before, just be aware that there is some nudity in it. And he has a dream where they're having sex. And then all of a sudden, there's more of them that start to appear. There's two of her and then three of her. I think it ends up being like a half dozen or eight of them. Uh, yeah, and like five or something, five or six. Less. Yep. <laughs> so that I wonder see the thing is I'm wondering if that was uh, that's what Arquette meant when he said a night a very good sleep or if that was just a glitch. Right, but, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't really know, obviously. Yeah. But when he wakes up, he notices that his, you know, squad mates who are still sleeping, again their hands are kind of twitching and it's like you almost wonder are they dreaming of killing and shooting things. See, and I thought it was more like um like somehow the twitching has to do with the dreams they're having. Like if I, I don't know, like if one finger like makes it more intense or less intense or that was kind of where my thought process went on that. Hmm. That's an interesting because, idea because the girl um, Hunter right next to him, her hands weren't moving at all. Did you notice that? Uh, that I did not know. Yeah. Her hands were not moving at all. So, hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if if that's what the author's intent was that the finger movements were controlling the dreams, but I guess I just thought they were maybe thought they were dreaming, they were shooting and killing things, you know, killing Quite roaches. Possible too, uh, you know, yeah. it's just one of those things that's just kind of what thought process went through my head. We'll have to write the guy who uh wrote this episode and get his get it straight from the horse's mouth, right? Yeah, you go ahead and do that, Al. <laughs> Let me know when he gets back to you. Yes. So the next day, Stripe, Hunter, and Medina go to investigate an abandoned housing complex. And Medina pretty much goes out almost shortly after they get there because she's killed by a sniper. Right in the eye. 
It was pretty brutal. It was pretty brutal. So this leaves Stripe and Hunter to storm the, uh, to storm the, uh, you know, the complex. And oh yeah, another thing we forgot to mention is during in the earlier scene where they were interviewing the villagers, they also found out that they stole parts from their freezer, which of course they they're wondering oh, what the heck. Right. Yep. yep. And that actually comes into play because when they are investigating this compound, they find this room where there's like a picture of a bra- a poster of a brain in the background. And there's all these different pieces of mechanical equipment. And we see another one of those LED devices. Yeah, there's a couple of them that aren't finished yet, but they look like they're almost done with them. So, yeah, that was that was interesting as well. So while they're investigating, Snipe, not Snipe, uh, Stripe, he encounters a woman holding a baseball bat. And she's like, you know, backing away afraid. And then when he goes out in the hallway... Hunter just shoots her. And of course, this is where we start to realize something's up because, you know, it's like, okay, they're supposed to be hunting roaches and Hunter just shot her acting like she just killed a roach, which of course Stripe is like, wait, wait, wait a second. You just shot a woman. Right, right. And what what was your thought? Because we know, we both know what comes, what happens next, what comes next. But what was your thought at that point? My thought was that Hunter had kind of lost it at this point. Um, and she shot the civilian just out of, oh, my God, there's a civilian in the hall. You know, she didn't know that it was a civilian was my thought. Oh, she saw somebody come out of the room into the hallway where they know there's these roaches in the building. And it was like an accidental thing. But when he questioned her about it, she just like shrugged it off and just kept going. And I'm like, it's a little odd. But maybe, you know, she's in combat mode. You know, they have these implants. So I'm like, well, maybe that's, you know, and I didn't think much of it, more of it at that point. I don't remember what my thought was the first time I saw the episode. I think that's where I started to realize something was up. And that, I mean, I never thought that maybe Hunter just went into, as you said, combat mode and, you know, just got excited and thought that, hey, there's someone that's not in another military uniform. It must be a roach. I'm going to kill it. Mistaken identity, combat, you know, adrenaline running. That was kind of my thought. So as they continue to investigate this building, they find a woman and a young boy. And, of course, Hunter wants to shoot them, but uh, Stripe stops her, and they engage in a little fight. You know, of course, uh, Hunter wondering what the heck is going on because... Well, when she went into that room, remember, she started shooting instantly, and she took out, like, three other roaches... Mm-hmm. Um, or civilians. You're not really sure because it depends yep. on which view they're showing you from. And that's where I went, he's seeing them as humans because there's something because of that flashy thing. And that's exactly what happened. So anyway, he's seeing the woman and the boy as humans. And of course, Hunter's seeing them as roaches. And so he tries to stop her from shooting them because he's trying to save civilians. And he, like, stops her. They get in a little bit of a fight. She shoots him, like, right in the right in the stomach, edge, you know, side, whatever you want to call it. And he knocks her cold with the butt of his gun. So mm-hmm. she's out cold. Yep. So he, he picks up the girl and the boy, and he's like, come with me. And they're just going to go and leave um, Hunter Lane there because he thinks she's lost her mind at this point. 
Yeah. And since uh, Stripe did get shot in their little fight, you know, they he passes out, but they take him to their hideout where they, you know, she starts to patch him up. And again, that's where he's seeing that it's it's a woman and her boy, and she explains what's going on. That yeah, she is actually a roach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except what's what's happening is the mass that these soldiers have is causing them to see the, her people as you know these monsters, and the normal civilians who don't have these these masses. They see them for what they are, but they still treat them with disdain because of propaganda. Right. And basically what it comes down to is it's a sort of a, a eugenics program. Yeah, because we're told if, that... If there's if they have any sort of weaknesses in their in their bodies, like, oh, they, they're more prone to cancer, they're more prone to, uh, you know, uh, insanity, diabetes, things like that. Then they're like, they're roaches because they're trying to purify the bloodline. Now, it's not a eugenics program like the Nazis did in the 30s where it was, you know, if you're not Aryan. But it's a, if you're not healthy or you don't have healthy genetics, you need to go. So you caught the similarity to Nazi Germany too, huh? I did. I I very much did, yeah. To 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 talk. Totalitarianism. That's the word I'm looking for. Totalitarianism, which is exactly what, you know, Nazi Germany and and even the United States did for a while in our eugenics program. So, yeah, I definitely caught that connection there. So the conversation is interrupted when Hunter comes in, she shoots the woman, she shoots the boy, and pretty much knocks out Stripe and takes him back to to base. Well, where, after she asks him why she shouldn't kill him. Yeah. She's pissed at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, her, her squad mate beat her up. So, yeah, of course she has to... And, you know, she's got she's to gotta kill something so she can have those that satisfaction. There you go. So when Stripe awakens, he finds himself in a cell. And... Uh, Arquette comes in to visit him and explains that there was the mass in the glitch, and that's where he explains the purpose of the mass. And he was giving the the different statistics, and I'm not sure if these are true or not, but he was talking about how in during like World War One, I, I think it was, uh, soldiers would tend to fire like at the ground or overhead because they didn't want to, they didn't actually want to shoot someone, and. You know, basically bringing up the point that most people that you meet on a day-to-day basis are not psychopaths. You know, killing other people right. is not natural for most people. The average person is not a killer. Exactly. Of course, there's exceptions out there, but well, yeah. And that the that this mass was controlling what they see and what they hear and even what they smell, because you'll remember uh, again just to rewind a little bit. When Stripe, Medina, and Hunter are about to go into the that uh, that compound, he's like picking up a handful of grass and smelling it, and he's like, "Did you know grass has a smell or a scent?" Yeah. yeah. So again, we find out pretty much everything that's going on here. Um, Arquette says that you know, yeah, this mass is 
basically going to be, uh, you know, this mass is going to be controlling your actions, or not controlling your actions. He explains that the mass is going to be, you know, con it controls what you see in here to make you a more effective soldier. Right. And he has a choice because now, of course, Stripe doesn't, he doesn't understand, doesn't remember agreeing to this. So that's where they show him a video of when he first joined up. So it's like, no, you knew what you were doing when you signed up for this. Right. Because they even told him, you're not going to remember this conversation. You're not going to remember a lot of things, basically. And that's what this mask does. And even after seeing that, he's like, no, I never did that, which just reinforces what they told him. And then um, Arquette basically says, hey, you have two choices. You can remember every day what you've done sitting in a jail cell or in a prison cell and slowly go insane. Or we can reimplant the mask and you can go back to work. Yep. And, you know, this is where I was wondering before, because as he was explaining this, uh, remember the translator before? I'm almost wondering if the translator was also controlling what they were hearing, where maybe it wasn't giving them an accurate translation. Like, I mean, it's... Okay, let's pick a language that neither one of us speaks. Um, Swahili. Swahili, okay. It's like if someone, if we were relying on someone to translate Swahili for us, since neither one of us speaks that language, we have to pretty much trust the translator that they're telling us the correct thing. You know, the they, we have to trust that the person who's speaking Swahili told us, you know, useful information. He's not just telling us to go jump in a lake. Right, and I and I get what you're saying, and I understand what you're what you're saying, but I don't think so because they told the the people told them that you know the the old the old hermit he you know he has been known to be helpful to roaches and leave food out for roaches and blah blah blah. So I didn't feel that, but I get what you're saying, but I don't think so. Yeah, oh, just a little thing I thought about when I rewatched the episode. So, obviously, Stripe chooses Plan B. At least that's what we think, because, again, his choices are he can either have his mass reset and his memory erased, or he can be in prison, and as you know, we saw in the, the, the show, he can be forced to relive himself watching what he really did, including brutally stabbing a guy to death. Well, at the end of the episode, we see Stripe now... Dec you know, in a, a decorated officer approaching the house from his dream and he sees the woman in there. But what we're actually really seeing is that it's actually a dilapidated house in a dilapidated neighborhood. So there's a couple theories as to exactly what could have happened. One is that he did go out, he did go back to work, he did go back to becoming a soldier and he lived the you know rest of his military career without any memory of what he did, and he was being rewarded at the end, uh -huh. or at least he he was made to think he was being rewarded. Or yeah, because this is the saddest part of the whole show. Yeah, and he, because she wasn't real. <laughs> yeah, and see the thing is, um, the other idea thought I had is I'm wondering if. Maybe they made him 
think that he was actually maybe being just like discharged. They were chalking it up as, okay, your mass malfunction. So, you know, technically it's not entirely your fault. So we're going to give you something like an honorable discharge. And they were maybe giving him what they thought he wanted to see. But it still makes you wonder, though, what happens when you leave the military in this this little universe here? Uh-huh. You know, are you are you made to think that you're being given this, you know, wonderful house and you're being sent somewhere nice, but in reality, you're actually not, you're actually being sent somewhere that's worse than where you were. So what's your thought well, on you that? Know, and, well, I, I don't know. That's a good question. But the thing that struck me about this um, part of the show I mean, I made the joke that she's not real, but that's not really a joke. We find out that she's not real, at least in the scenario that he's living now. But the thing that really got me to thinking was, as they did a close-up on his face at the end, he's crying. Yeah, I noticed that too, so... And that's... I, I wonder if maybe he took option A... And he just has gone around the bend, as they say. So do you, you know? think, like, maybe that tear we see him crying at the end was a tear of joy because he thought that, okay, he had this distinguished military career and he was now being, you know, rewarded with this uh, beautiful, you know, house with the woman of his dreams, literally. No, I think it was a tear of regret and sadness because he still remembers whether or not they reset his mass or not he still remembers is the feeling i got from it whether or not that's true whether or not that's what was you know meant to be i don't know but that's kind of the feeling that i got from that yeah so both of us thought that this was a scary frightening episode so do you want to share why you thought it was scary first, or do you want me to give my reason why I thought this episode was scary? I'll tell you why. Because of the technology in it. I mean, let's be as real as we can here. That is some scary shit. Now, we've said that before. We're like, oh, that technology is scary. Oh, that technology could be bad. But there is no way that I can see this technology having a good purpose okay we we are in agreement i thought the technology was certainly scary as well now i can see how in it could be helpful for soldiers and swat teams like again if they do have to well this is not all of it this is what i think could be useful let's say you've got a swat team or uh you know that needs to go into a a building or you've got a group of soldiers that have to go into a building where terrorist suspects are now if they could have something where that would let them see what the floor plan is yeah i can see how that would be helpful now what i thought was frightening was the part about how yes they could use this technology to give them the intelligence they were also controlling what they saw um i mean and i think something like that in the hands of police officers for example i think could be scary I mean, let's say you've got a group of peaceful protesters that, 
are you know out protesting um, a politician and let's say this politician is a bit on the authoritarian side uh, for all we know the politician could are you know could order the police to assuming he was given control or say over this he could order the this these virtual reality units to make the police officers think that these peaceful protesters were actually an armed and violent mob. Um, and again, I could even see the same thing if uh, soldiers were using this, where, again, maybe there are, you know, maybe like they're, they're in a village. Because um, again, let's just use, just to, let's just use the Iraq uh, War, Gulf War II as an example and the military operations in Afghanistan, where the troops over there, they did have to do a lot of interactions and talking with the with local villagers. I mean, what if you had a situation where a general there, he decided that, well, we're going to, even though these, you know, maybe these uh, these villagers, they're just acting, maybe they are afraid of these soldiers, but he wants an ex to give his soldiers an excuse to shoot them all down. So he manipulates these masses to make these soldiers think that these villagers who are scared, again, are actually armed and dangerous and violent. These masses are God devices. They really are. And I'm, I don't even see a bonus to the floor plan because let's be honest, it's not hard to find a floor plan. In today's okay. day and age, I can go find a floor plan to just about anywhere. It may not be detailed. It may not tell me where the pipes are running, you know, but I bet you, I bet I could go online and find a floor plan of the White House. It'll tell me where the rooms are. It'll tell me that. I mean, it's not going to tell me any of the, you know, anti, um, you know, infiltration type stuff, and I wouldn't want it to. But there is nothing about this that to me giving someone the power of god to make us uh, to manipulate what we see what we hear what we what we feel what we smell no i mean it's that we might as well yeah. live in virtual reality it's just it's not anything that gives anybody i don't care who it is the power of god you've gone too far so basically you're saying in a way these masses are kind of like the technology in San Junipero, only without the partying and the fun? They kind of are, yeah, that you bring that up. Well, and here's another thing to think about. What is the old saying that we we have to remember history why? So we don't repeat it. So we don't repeat it. But that's exactly what's happening here. They are repeating what happened in World War II. Now, whether or not World War II and the Nazis and all this even existed in this world, we don't know. It doesn't matter. I, I think it did because uh, they did refer to real world, real life wars. Oh, that's uh, true. He did. He talked about World War One, World War Two, Korea, yeah. Vietnam. You're right. He did. So, but it's it's taking what the Nazis did in World War Two and it's taking it another step further. So not only are we repeating history, we're making it even bigger, better, better, and stronger. Yeah. And no, this to me, the, no, there's there's nothing about this that is okay. 
See, I thought I was almost wondering when you said that you thought it was scary if you were going to be referring to the roaches and stuff. But that's ah, no. yeah, we were. I know for you, you, you play Call of Cthulhu. I mean, the sight of mutated humans that that's nothing. I like zombie movies too, for the most part. That that is true. Yes. So all in all, like I said, I in my opinion, this is kind of an average episode, at least as far as the story goes. But again, what I just found more fascinating about it was the technology and some of the social commentary, you know, because again, we had this whole idea that they're basically doing what happened in Nazi Germany. And I have to say, I give it an A plus for nudity. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. You like nudity? I thought she was very, I thought she was very uh, pretty girl. Yes. At least what we could see of her. Well, what else do you need to see? You saw her face. I mean, is it? Where are you going with this, Al? <laughs> oh, I see. Yes, she did have very nice eyes. You were yeah, keeping exactly. your you were keeping your eyes above chin level the whole time, right? Al, I'm a married man. Of course, I was looking at her tits. <laughs> 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 okay, well, we're sounding like a couple dirty old men, aren't we? So I think it's time to call this episode to a close. What do you think? I think that's probably a good idea before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> but remember, you get yourself in trouble, you can go out and drink beer and play D&D with your friends. I can already do that. I keep telling you that. I don't <laughs> need to be in trouble to do that. Uh, you're a lucky man. So, so before we go, Chad, why don't you tell us where people can find your podcasts, including... Uh, an episode we recently did together, Musically Challenged, where we talked about the classic heavy metal album Operation Mindcrime by Queensryche. Yeah, um, you can find us on Podbean, Bean, Podbean, Podbean, yeah, Podbean, Podbean, EclecticMediaProject.com. You can Podbean. find us on iTunes at EclecticMediaProject.com. Find us on the web at EclecticMediaProject.com. Yeah, you can find us in some other places. Just type in Eclectic Media Project, and if it's connected to us, you'll find it on a Google search. Well, with that said, then, I'd like to thank you all for joining us, and until the next time, have a wonderful day. Hey, this is Nick and Alex, and we're here to tell you a little bit more about Dungeon Junkies. Now, we're a podcast that's based in Austin, Texas, and we are hell-bent on making you laugh. Absolutely. We have some fantastic storytelling uh, with some badass characters and even better music, as well as a ton of jokes to make you laugh. So join Fenworth, Taryn, and Dr. Euphoria, and our sexy DM, Kenny, on a quest to save the world or destroy it. I guess whichever one comes first. <laughs> and you can also check out our Real Talk episodes where we get meta inside our campaign and really figure out the depths of our characters and also the story so check us out on www.dungeonjunkies.com or wherever you get your podcasts dungeon junkies because not all adventurers are meant to be heroes you have been listening to a program from the point of insanity network Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POIGamestudio.